Well, good evening to every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, we're going to start a new series tonight, and it's called The Desire to Learn. Um, much of what you're going to hear is taken from the book of Proverbs and has to do with, with wisdom. And some things that you may hear, you may think, is that a law of God? Well, a law is a law because it works the same every single time, like the law of gravity. It's never going to go away. But the Word of God gives us many principles that enable us to guide our life, and because God wants you and I to have a much better life than what we think we can have. So tonight we're going to look at the desire to learn, and in Proverbs 25, 16, this is what it says, if you find honey, eat just enough, too much of it, and you will vomit. Wow, I thought that would have a much different reaction than, than total silence. If you find honey, eat just enough because too much of it and you will vomit. So let's see what God's talking about. But before I get into the sermon, a friend of mine in Arizona sent me this picture. I want to see if they get it up there. Okay, they didn't get it up there. But it's a coffee mug that says, yes, I am the pastor. And no, that sermon was not about you. So first topic tonight is looking at overdoing, overdoing anything. Say that with me, please. Overdoing anything. Some people in some churches actually teach that we're not to enjoy anything. And this certainly makes living this life a miserable experience. And they have the face to prove it. They look miserable. Then there is the other side of the spectrum. Overdoing anything can be a problem. This verse is speaking about moderation. It's speaking about self-control. Why? Why do I want to hear a sermon about moderation and self-control when within me is the capacity for enjoying pleasure? Please let me help you understand that pleasure is from God. God gave us pleasure, and he also gave us the ability to enjoy pleasure. Can we thank him for that? Someone once said, well, I don't want to become a Christian because I have to give up everything. Yeah, you give up your depression, you give up your low self-esteem, your sinful lifestyle. So the Bible does not prohibit pleasure. Make sure you catch that. The Bible doesn't say you can't have fun. The Bible doesn't say you can't smile. The Bible doesn't say things can't be enjoyed. What the Bible forbids is excess of pleasure, untimely pleasures, like now's not the time for that, and pleasures that arise from sin or pleasures that lead to sin. In prohibiting such pleasures, the Bible proceeds upon a principle of benevolence. Our God is a good God. Honey comes from a bee. And not only is honey sweet, God gives us the taste buds to taste sweetness. We can taste so many different things on our tongue, but that's the way God made us. So when someone says, well, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that and have fun, that's not of God. God wants us to have pleasure. But this principle is benevolent because it accords with the constitution of our nature. Our nature, 
especially those of us, thank God, that live in a country where there's so much available to us to enjoy. There's a point, though, at which pleasure becomes pain. It is the law of our being that if pleasure is to remain pleasure, it must be enjoyed moderately and intermittently. So you know where I'm driving, because there are some individuals who, once they know something is pleasurable, they're going to take it all the way. And then you know what happens. So I'm telling you tonight that pleasure is a necessity of our nature. God wants you and I to enjoy this life. God doesn't want us bummed out, depressed, you know, uh, all worried that we can't do anything. There was a time when the church couldn't play cards, couldn't go to the movies, couldn't go to swimming, couldn't do anything that was fun. And God never said that. That's a man-made law. But you remember what you were and how you were before Christ. Well, maybe some of you can't remember back that far. But when all we did was pleasure, and you know what that did to us. So pleasure is a necessity of our nature. Pleasure is a possibility of our condition. You and I have within us the ability from God to enjoy things. Who knows what I'm talking about? We can enjoy what we eat. We can enjoy what we see. We can enjoy what we do. We can enjoy where we're at. God wants us to enjoy this life. Why? God is not so interested in getting us into heaven as he is as getting heaven into us. And when, go ahead. And when there are those people who want to restrict your pleasure, restrict your having fun, look at them. You don't want to be like that. God doesn't want us living in anger or frustration. I don't want to go to heaven if it's, how's it going to be any better than this down here? This life is supposed to be enjoyed. Just take Hawaii, take Tahiti, take Europe, take all these places in the world where you see things. Look at all of the animals. Look at all of creation. Listen to the birds sing. Look at all the colors in the flower. Look at all the delicacies of things you can eat and you can drink and you can taste. God made all that possible for you and for me. And he wants us to enjoy this life. And if you're not going to enjoy this life, you're going to be miserable. And then you're going to wind up in a place where you'll never enjoy anything. Who wants to do that? Nobody. Thank you. So God, the all-wise and all-kind, has not only made us for pleasure and given us a strong desire for it, but has also bountifully surrounded us with its sources. We were made to enjoy. Look at a baby when it's born. Once you give it that first bottle or, or feed it, boy, it's just as enjoying eating, enjoying what they're getting, enjoying being wrapped up and held warm. From birth... God created everything, every one of us to be enjoying this life. And I'm sorry if you don't enjoy this life, but that's why I'm preaching this sermon. I want you to walk out of here with a changed look on your face. I don't want this. That's not the God we serve. This is the God we serve. He wants us to be able to be friendly with people. The pleasure of friendship, the pleasure of being respected and loved and admired, all these things you should have. The pleasure of helping someone that's less fortunate than us. All these things we should be able to do. We have capacity for enjoyment. Things are pleasing to our eyes. 
Things are pleasing to our ears and things are pleasing to our sense of smell. You hear melodic sounds through music and you just crank it up and listen to it. And it has the ability to take you to another place in your mind, in your imagination. All this is due to the way God made us. Our ears hear things that are pleasing. Our eyes see things that are pleasing. Just look at beauty. Our mouths taste things that are pleasing. You wake up from a good night's rest and you enjoyed your sleep. How many can see where I'm going? <laughs> there is truth and there is good all around us. Open your eyes. Look at it. Try something different. Try getting on a kayak and canoeing. Try fishing. Try swimming in a place where you're always afraid. Quit worrying about the sharks and things like that. <laughs> it's enough that man wants to put fear in us for whatever we do. Don't go after things that are like horror or horrific. Go after things that are good. And enjoy this life, church, especially because when you get up in age and you're moving about is not as easy it was as it was when you're young, you're going to have regrets. Why didn't I enjoy this life? Why didn't I enjoy that friendship? Why did I kick that person out of my life? Why didn't I nurture that relationship? God in Christ is revealed of the object of worship. That's pleasure to us, to know that God himself who created us, wants to be with us and allows us to worship him and to learn more and more about him. Can I just ask you to praise him and to glorify him tonight? Just worship him and thank him. We're not a people without a God. We're not a people without hope. We're not a people without salvation. We don't need to be talking about damnation. We need to talk about salvation because that's the God that we serve. So when a pastor gets up in the pulpit, he shouldn't be bringing bad news. He should make you encouraged and feeling glad for being alive and feeling, man, I got another day tomorrow to try something new that I've never done before. When I started wood carving with these little knives, I used to, I, used to, I, I, I carved a peach pit, a peach pit. And it, I carved a monkey whose two feet and his two hands were holding his tail and the tail was inside his mouth and it was only that big. I've carved this old work boot from a peach pit. I've carved faces out of cherry pits. Well, I carved so much that the blade of the knife would hit my fingers before I started wearing covers on them made out of leather. And I don't remember, I think I went for a job and they fingerprinted me and I had all these little lines on my fingers and the guy goes, what the heck have you done? <laughs> and I didn't even realize that my fingertips looked that way. But it's something I, I taught myself. I didn't take a, a class. I've made, uh, if you know what paracord is, I taught myself to make bracelets out of paracord and how to use paracord when you're camping. I've taught myself how to make uh, beads for men and, and bracelets for men, uh, necklaces that match whatever color you're wearing. I've taught myself a lot of things. People see carvings that I made. Uh, my secretary has a carving of a donkey, and that thing looks like a donkey, and it's only that big. And she goes, oh, that's not going to anybody. I've carved work boots because there's so much that we can do. I've gone fishing. 
I've shot guns at targets to learn target practice. Uh, but there's no end to what you can do. If you're not enjoying this life, you're the most miserable of all people. If it starts with the alphabet, A is for archery, B is for boating, C is for camping, you get my point, Draw, D is for drawing. Everything that we can do, everything that's available to us, who's hearing me tonight? Who's understanding what I'm saying? There is this society. There are so many different types of people from different countries that you run into. Try their food, try learning their language. There's uh, pleasure is the possibility of our condition. And if a Christian cannot be happy and enjoy this life, this is hard, but I doubt that you're saved. I really do. If you got that look on your face, if you got that anger in your eyes, what kind of God do you serve? No wonder people don't become Christian when they get near you. If that's what happens to you when you become saved, I don't want it. We should be the happiest. Good morning. How's it going? What are you so happy about? One is that I'm not like you. Good morning. <laughs> we should, come on, give God another hand of praise. And I say all that to say this. Too much of any one thing, it's not good for you. You knew I was going to head there sooner or later. Because within our nature, if something's good, then we want to keep doing it and do it all the time. And I'm going to show you tonight, I said there has to be moderation. Here is where moderation and self-control come into the equation. It is good to wake up, but to stay up all hours of the night will drain you and you'll be ineffective. So bring balance to your life. The subject of what we're most concerned with is time. Every one of us is given 24 hours to accomplish everything that we can in that day. Included in that is time to sleep, time to eat, time to cleanse ourselves, time to, to study, to read, to build our bodies up. But you only have 24 hours. And that's the way God ordained it. He ordained the day and the night. And God, do you know that the way we were made at nighttime and when it gets dark, he allows something to be in our bodies called melatonin that makes us want to close our eyes and make us sleep because God says there's no sense both of us being up all night. Go ahead and rest. But what do we do? We get involved with something that we shouldn't, and then instead of sleeping, we worry. And so we don't sleep, and we wake up miserable. And that thing controls our mind instead of God's peace. Well, too much of any one thing leads to this. It leads to addiction. And addiction is being enslaved to a habit. I can't stop. To a practice or to a substance such as that withdrawal causes trauma. So having so much of something that when you do try to stop it, your body goes into trauma. Your body says, no, 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 no. We've been doing this every day, all night and all day, and now you want to stop? And it could be cocaine. It could start with just, as they say, marijuana. It could start with marijuana. It could start with drinking. 
So too much of any one thing, and when you react by your body vomiting, as we saw that word earlier, your body's telling you, no, 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 this isn't the way we were supposed to live. So addiction is being enslaved to a habit, to a practice or to a substance such as that withdrawal causes trauma. In 2 Peter 2.19 in the New Testament, it says, they promised them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man and a woman is slave to whatever has mastered him. We should never allow anyone to master us but God. So when you have to do something and you can't stop, that is your master. You become a slave of that. That controls you, and it's not God. We are to learn to restrict the amount. And when I say that, I mean this. Anything you or I do in the extremes is dangerous. Learn to stay balanced. Don't head on way over on this side or way over on that side. And our society today wants us to pick sides. They want us to pick colors or races and stuff. Don't do that. Stay balanced. Be kind. But if you start giving everything away, then you're going to have nothing. And if you give nothing away, you're still going to have nothing because you won't be happy with what you have. What God wants us to get more of is him, not the pleasure he provided for us to have. So then, do not attempt to be everywhere. You can't. You're to travel. You're to visit other places. That's what God made available and possible for us. But you can't be everywhere and don't attempt to do everything. Young people today are saying, forget work. I'm looking for an experience. And they want to do everything now because they've seen their parents do that. Don't attempt to have everything. You don't have enough room for it. And don't attempt to know everything. What are you going to do with all that knowledge? You can become aware, but to know? God wants you to know him. He knows everything. He'll tell you what you need to know. Who's listening to me tonight? You see, and what's different about this series, what's different about this sermon is you're saying, well, I thought you were going to preach the gospel. What do you think I am preaching from the word of God? This is what the verse means. So bring balance to your life. Say that with me. Bring balance to your life. What is balance? Know yourself. Know yourself. If you know when you get around that person, you're going to get in a bad mood, then know yourself. Stay away from that person. Who heard me on that? Mm -hmm. Know yourself. You know that you like that so much, but you can only eat so much crab or so much shrimp or so much lobster. Calm down, bro. <laughs> Take it easy. Know when you need to eat. Know when you need to rest. Your body will tell you. You've heard your body tell you. It shows in your face. Your eyes will tell you. Know when you need to recoup. Know when you need to slow down. Don't wait till you see the policeman. Slow down before you see the policeman. Know when you need to speed up. Hurry up because you're going to be late. Know when you need to speak up. 
Know when you need to shut up. Look at somebody and go, mm-hmm. These are important traits that will enable you to not only succeed, but will enable you to avoid problems. Now, if you want problems, don't listen to any of this. Eh, I don't like what Pastor Mike said tonight. That's fine. God gave you the freedom of choice. But I want you to have a better life. I want you to enjoy this life. I want you to be what God created you to be. Because the more you get of God, the better your life is. Then you're not fearing God. You're not afraid of God. You're not rejecting him. Well, what did Jesus do on this earth? In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, the Bible says, And Jesus, he grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and men. Put the next slide up, please. Thank you. You see this perfect square? Wisdom, that's mental. Stature, that's physical. Uh, favor with God, that's spiritual. And favor with man is social. What amount of time you spend in one area, God wants you to balance that by sending, spending the same amount of time in the other area. So some people are all mental and some people are all physical, but they're not social and they're not spiritual. And some people are big party animals and then they always wanna work out, but it's very little spiritual and they have no friends. You see why I put these up? God wants you, like Jesus did, and Jesus increased in wisdom. Quit being a fool. And to say it in a different vernacular so you understand me, don't be stupid. Don't, don't. Keep your mouth shut if you don't know what you're talking about. Don't be a fool, church. Get some wisdom and live a better life to where people are attracted to you and they ask you, how can I become, or how can I learn from you? Instead of, I don't want anything to do with that guy or that woman, look at him. Stature, you only have one body. Be healthy, take care of it. You need favor with God. How many realize that? That's spiritual, so you should read the word of God. You should be in church. You need to grow spiritually, and you need to have friends. Favor with man or mankind. This is what Jesus did. Here you find the perfect square, like I said. So evaluate where you're at physically. Are you or is your body where you think it should be? I didn't say you're going to be Mr. Olympia or Mr. America. I'm talking about being healthy. Evaluate where you're at mentally. I don't know. How come you don't know? How long have you lived? Why don't you know that? Why didn't you learn that? What has kept you from learning something new that's benefiting you? Look around you at this culture we live in. You realize things are changing quickly. If you don't know how to function, you have a hard time at the bank. You have a hard time at airports. You have a hard time at the pharmacy because things are different now. Why haven't you learned that? Why didn't you take some classes that are free? Why didn't you ask people to teach you? Evaluate where you're at spiritually. Am I where God wants me to be? Am I becoming the person God wants me to become? Don't ask somebody else, ask God. God will tell you. And if you're not, and you know what? 
Each of us have a conscience, so you already know where you're supposed to be spiritually because you get convicted when you're not there. If you're no longer reading God's word, you're just coming to church and you haven't changed, you're not where you're supposed to be spiritually. Evaluate where you're at financially. Why haven't you saved the money that you make? Yes, why haven't you paid your bills? What are you doing in debt? Why don't you tithe to God? Why don't you trust God? Who understands what I'm saying tonight? Come on. And then ask yourself, is this where I want to be? Do I want to be addicted? Do I want to be angry? Do I want to be jealous? Do I want to be frustrated? Or do I want to enjoy what I have? It's not what you have. This will be my last statement tonight. It's not what you have. It's the ability to enjoy what you have. And so if God has given you, for example, if you're married as God has given you a wife, what are you looking at other women for? God said, I gave her to you. This is what I gave you. And yet you're looking at something else. Why? You're dissatisfied. Why? How can God's children, you and I, be dissatisfied? It's Wall Street that tells you, oh, you don't want to wear that. You want to wear this. Because if you have this, then people, who cares what people think about you? You know what, bro? What? I don't like you. You know what, bro? What? I don't care. I like me enough for both of us. I'm not living this life worried about what you or others think of me. I'm living a life to find out what God thinks of me. Come on. That's more important. Well, how do I acquire balance? How? Who wants to know? Well, I'm glad you asked. And those of you that didn't raise your hand, you're dismissed. <laughs> to acquire balance means to achieve that happy medium between the minimum, the maximum, and the optimum. What the heck did you just say? <laughs> to acquire balance means to achieve that happy medium between the minimum, the maximum, that represents your optimum. Watch this. Now I'm going to have you look inward. The minimum is the smallest amount or quantity possible, attainable, or what is required. If you can get by on that much, why worry about all that other? That's the minimum. I don't need any more. I'm okay with this. I'm satisfied. I'm content. Who's hearing me? Okay? So it's not people who have everything. It's people who are content with, they, when, with what they have, whether it's little or much. Because a person who has everything and is not content, what good does it do to have all that? That's why you see people in Maseratis driving off cliffs and committing suicide. They're not happy with what they have. How much do I need it to get by? If that's all I need, I should be okay. No, I got my nails done, ladies, but she had hers longer, so I got mine longer. Now they're out this long. <laughs> you get my point. Okay, how many cars do you need? How many cars can you drive? Do you have enough, a garage big enough for all those cars and you never drive them so they just sit there and nobody comes over to look at them because they've already seen them? You get my point. Otherwise, I could go all night. The maximum. We went from the minimum now to the maximum. The maximum is what is as great, high, 
or intense as is possible or permitted. If you can give more, if you can do more, if you can achieve more, go for it. Don't sell yourself short. Go for it. That's the maximum. I gave the best I had. I gave the most I could give. I was there as long as I could. We need to give the maximum in some things. Well, what's the optimum? The optimum then, when you take the minimum and the maximum, the optimum is that which is most conducive to a favorable outcome or what is best. What God has given to you is his optimum. He's given you what is the best. When you then go after pleasure and you don't know when to go to sleep or when to stop, you're destroying yourself. You should have learned to have gotten by with as little as possible. But when it comes to you accomplishing something for God, you give it your maximum. Somebody please give him a hand of praise. And you say, Pastor Mike, you got all that out of that one verse? Yes. All that truth is in Proverbs 25, 16. Wait a minute, I thought we were talking about honey and eat only so much or you're going to vomit. <laughs> yeah, then we went to moderation, then we went to self-control. Well, all that comes from the Word of God. Okay? Achieve that happy medium between the minimum, the littlest you can get by with, and the maximum. Will having it now bring me the peace and happiness that I desire? If I don't need all of it now, then don't go after it. Are there stages or steps that must be climbed before I reach the top? Could it be that I feel that God does not want me to have joy or that Satan has lied to me about God's ability and desire to provide what I need? Self-control of our physical desires and drives is one mark of our maturity. The man or woman who can master themselves can master everything else. A mature person controls their body instead of allowing their body to control them. This is true of any physical appetite, whether it is for pleasure, comfort, food, or even rest. Someone has said, if you're alone and you're lonely, you're in bad company. Some of you will get that at 10 o'clock tonight. Should I repeat it? <laughs> if you're alone and you're lonely, you're in bad company. If you're not happy with who you are, getting everything, going everywhere, and being with everyone is not going to make you any happier. Proverbs 14, 15. Only simple people believe everything they're told. The wise person considers her steps. If I say this to her, what's going to be her reaction? If I do this, how's it going to benefit me? Don't believe everything you're told. Don't believe everything you see. Check with the Word of God. Check with the Lord. Come on. Come on. So don't rush into life-changing don't rush into life-changing decisions without contemplation of the outcome. Are you sure that's going to turn out that way? 
The person of wisdom carefully considers her steps. What will be the outcome of my decisions? What will be the outcome of my actions? I'll show you what I mean. We marry people we don't know only to divorce people we now know. Enjoy the journey. Don't worry about getting to the destination. Nothing in this world is in a rush except us. Is there balance to the life that I'm living? Well, if there is, why is there frustration? Why is there low self-esteem? Why is there bitterness or anger in my heart and in my mind? Where is the peace that is promised to be by my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? That which is keeping me from learning in my life is my lack of trust in God. The reason I do not trust him is that I have not taken the time to get to know him. To get to know the one that loves me, I must be still. I must be quiet. And I must be at rest. Having everything does not bring me happiness. The ability to enjoy what I have is what brings me happiness. Give God a hand of praise.